Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostess, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right. Okay, so to be completely fair, I just got out of like a high intensity traffic situation. So I am sitting down and decompressing and having the loveliest chat already with Miss Kenzie Brenna. Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh. So to give a little bit of a intro to how I found you. I don't even know if I've shared this with you before, but you were actually somebody who came up in my Explorer feed all the time. When I was like losing weight and I was like going through like my transformation stuff, the last thing I wanted to see was someone like you telling me that I could actually be okay in my body. Oh yeah. So I was like, no, like I can't listen to you. I kept looking at your posts and I was like ignoring it. I I couldn't, I couldn't tap Mm -hmm. into it because you were teaching something that felt so contradictory to what I was going through because I was in such a season of self-hate and I was like, oh, I'm going to find happiness in this weight loss journey, all these things. And then I remember when I kind of came to like my crashing bottom Mm -hmm. where I was 114 pounds and very underweight and still dealing with self-hate. And suddenly I was like, holy crap, this girl, you showed up on my feet again and you were like the coziest blanket of like just safety, honestly, safety and I have loved following you ever since. You're so great at how you approach everything because I'm so flighty in the sense that I love just like, what am I feeling today? And what is this? And what is that? And you're like educational. Oh, thank you. No, like it's so crazy. Like I've learned so much from you over the last like couple years and uh, totally one of the people that is like one of my big influences. So wow. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And (laughs) got to thank the explore feed sometimes. I know sometimes, Sometimes, even if I had to ignore you for a good year, (laughs) I finally, you cracked me down. You cracked me down. Thank you so much for sharing that. I I want, I really, really appreciate it. And I totally understand what you mean about hitting that rock bottom of losing weight because that's also how I got started on yeah. the journey. Yeah, how could you could you actually tap into that? I've, yeah. I don't even think I fully ever heard your like origin yeah. story. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. Oh, 
Yes, absolutely. Um, so it was very similar to you. I was on a weight loss journey and I was documenting it online. And to be completely fair and transparent, the weight loss journey was mostly a positive one in the sense that I gained a lot of community and I gained a sense of self and I was trying to figure out who I was in weight loss, but also exploring myself online for the first time. So documenting my journey, that was something that was so new to me and something that has been so valuable since then. And I wouldn't have been able to start this journey if I didn't start that weight loss journey. So I have to be very transparent about that and be very honest about it. No, I, I and, completely agree. Like I can't yeah. ever say that like weight loss was a bad thing. Right. It just was maybe not entirely what I expected it to be. And right. I think that's a yeah. story for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great way of looking at it. For a lot of people, it leads to a lot of turmoil and it and it leads to a lot of like anguish and it doesn't lead to that love, that place of self self-acceptance and self-fulfillment that we're looking for. But for a lot of people, it adds as almost a, it leverages you into another space. Maybe it shows you reflections of yourself that you didn't know existed before. And then you just have to thank that journey for just existing the way that it existed and then move on from it. And that's what happened with me was I hit a plateau. I, I, I hit a certain number and I, but I couldn't get below that number. Like my, which is so common in weight loss, like you lose a bunch and then all of a sudden your body's like, cool, I'm, I'm done yeah. losing weight. And I was freaking out. I couldn't believe that, you know, my body was going against me and I started having a meltdown in a gym. And I went to the washroom and I was crying and it was like one of those like ugly cries that I was like, I can't even hide this. I can't, I can't go out there. Like people are going to know that I'm crying and that I'm, I'm feeling so broken about my body and I hate myself. I really hate myself in this mm -hmm. moment. And that I thought that hate was supposed to leave. Mm -hmm. I'm at a smaller size now. I thought I was supposed to get better, you know? And then I went on Instagram and I searched up a hashtag and I can't remember if it was a hashtag self-acceptance or self-confidence, but I, I searched one of them and I don't know what drove me to search them, but then all of the images that came up from that were these women sitting down showing their bodies in ways that I had never, ever even remotely close scene before. And I was so shocked and I didn't even, I didn't think that that could exist. I honestly yeah. thought I was I was looking at something from a different universe like that's yeah. how that's how foreign it felt to me and I was looking at them and I was scrolling and I was so hijacked out of that moment that I stopped crying and I don't want to say that I immediately felt better but I was curious and so mm -hmm. I was able to leave the bathroom go downstairs grab my stuff get home and I just spent the entire night flicking through all of these accounts that we're talking about body love and talking about eating disorder recovery and talking about weight loss, talking about stretch marks, cellulite, all of the, all of this stuff. Um, and then there were some posts going deeper, talking about race, talking about disability, talking about accessibility. And, and I was so inspired and I was just doing this big deep dive and consuming all of this information that I had never consumed before. And then the next day I, that I took that inspiration and I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. You can swear. All right. If all we right. decide I'm to like, bleep, we'll bleep. We'll bleep. You okay, go ahead. Okay, I don't cool. think, you okay. know, I debated that for a while, but I was like, I'm such a swearer and I don't okay, do it cool. on Instagram, but I do, <laughs> do it a lot in yeah. real life. So I'm, it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm very pro linguistic yeah. freedom. <laughs> yeah. So I do. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I took that inspiration the next day and I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm just going to sit down and I was in leggings and I was in a sports bra and I was holding my cup of coffee. I'm like, I'm just going to take a picture of me sitting down. And I hadn't, I didn't even 
and I had never let you know an ex-boyfriend ever even see me in the light like that and I was gonna let a bunch of strangers online see me for the first time and I did it and I took the photo and then I put it up and I put it up and I was so nervous and mm-hmm. excited and I had this mm-hmm. adrenaline about it and I threw my phone on my bed and I said I can't believe I just did that I what did I do I've never done something so radical before and it's not radical in the big if you look at it in the grand scheme of things it doesn't seem that radical but it is when we've been taught to hate ourselves for so long taking that chance into self-acceptance is is the 180 that you never thought could exist and oh I 100% agree I always say like the second I'm scared out of my mind to post something usually is like this is important and this Thank is the stuff you, you do absolutely I, it's so scary but th- there's something about vulnerability that mm-hmm. it draws us I I talked about it before being like almost like you're holding on to a secret and the moment you kind of release it it releases out of you as well and it becomes like part of your healing so that's so cool and I did the same thing like ditch the phone like I can't even I can't look I can't believe I I just did that I just shared the most private part of myself like I can't believe I I can't believe I was this vulnerable uh with strangers or just vulnerable with people who know me even even being vulnerable with people who know me but I have that I have the exact same uh mindset is that that you do that if something is really hard for me to post I try to I try to ask myself, okay, one, is it okay if I don't post this? Is it is this genuinely too hard for me right now? Is it okay that I give myself some space with this? Or is this something that's really important for me to post? Is this something that is an okay challenge for me? Should I dive into this and be raw and be vulnerable and talk about why it's really hard for me? And I try to see and navigate and be honest with myself of where I am in those two categories. And most of the time I'm like, post it, girl post it because like you're yeah. gonna be okay and it's important that people hear about this and it's important that people see this because if you're thinking this and feeling this you're not you're not that much of a weirdo there are other people that are thinking and feeling the exact same thing and they need to know that they're seen and heard and so yes. that's what I always think about with the posts are really hard they're hard for a reason and there's always a reward at the end of the vulnerability train you know mm-hmm. there's always such a big reward whether that is community building or whether or not that's you know you figuring out a new part of yourself being resilient like those are invaluable and so I always try to think I'm like okay vulnerability is really hard but absolutely worth it but yeah that's that's like the majority of how I started and from there from that one yeah, you kind of blew up. The one, <laughs> one from that one photo, I just haven't stopped. I've been like, okay, I'm addicted, guys. Now you guys have to see my cellulite and yeah. my stretch marks. And like, so all I do. Of it. Yeah. We're gonna break it down piece yeah, by piece. Yeah, but it got even, um, it got even more than just the cellulite and the stretch marks. Um, because when I started talking about my self harm scars and my mental health and mm-hmm. stuff, and diving into um, eating disorder recovery, I mean, those things are were very. Uh, even more so than you know my body those things were really 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 hard for me to talk about because there's just so much stigma around me living in a uh, you know a slightly larger body and mm-hmm. talking about having a disordered eating patterns yes. or talking about my mental health you know those things are very 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 stigmatized sorry pardon me stigmatized and i felt really uncomfortable sharing those Mm -hmm. but those are also so important for me to share for sure and it's funny because you actually went to I don't even remember what it was but you had in your stories you were going to a lesson all about like disordered eating and eating Mm -hmm. disorders and I think I took more information away from like that series of stories than I have from 
anything on social media in a really long time. It was the first time I think that I truly, it's so funny. You say eating disorder like a million times over, but the second you switch the words and you say disordered eating, you're like, oh yeah, Uh, that's me. That makes so much more sense. But um, can you talk about like, did you ever get diagnosed with an Mm -hmm. eating disorder? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I got diagnosed with um, a body image disorder. It's called body dysmorphic disorder. And it was back in 2013 or 2014. I was getting therapy at a hospital actually because I walked into a doctor's office and I just told a random doctor, like, like, you know, like a walk-in clinic. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm walking around the city. I'm it's, it was kind of, I was kind of in this liminal state of I'm not ending my life, but I can't be here also. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people, I don't, I don't even want to say a lot, but I, I, I feel like people are, have been there where they're walking around aimlessly not feeling worthy, not feeling valuable, not feeling like they're meaningful here. But at the same time, you know, death isn't an option. I don't know. It's, yeah. I not, um, that's not too foreign to me. That's actually yeah. a lot of people will ask like, when did I know the point in which I was going to leave my marriage? And I say like the oh, day wow. that I woke up and I was upset that I woke up and that was such a weird, wow. like it was like a weird, I was like, Oh, I didn't wow. want, I didn't, I wasn't wishing for death, but mm. I was somehow disappointed that I woke up and it was like this foreign. I'm oh. like, I wasn't suicidal, but I just didn't want to be alive. Yes. Ah, yes, uh, it was yes, weird. And exactly. it didn't really, it didn't really, I'd never heard of that before. And right. I wasn't self harming yeah. and yeah. didn't really make a lot of sense, but it was like in that moment that I knew if I didn't leave and do something mm-hmm. to kind of change my life, mm-hmm. my my kids were going to grow up without a mother, whether that was right. like me becoming a shell of myself or oh, me actually not yes. surviving it. Yes. So I think that that's so interesting you say that because I think when we talk about like mental health and suicidal thoughts, it often sounds like it is a self-harm step. And sometimes right. it's just like a, a like a numbing, yes. like a void. Yes, absolutely. Like, like it's too much out there and yes. I just need to cover myself right now. I just need to completely be internal. I can't, I can't, you know... I can't be sensitive to any of this. Right. And, and so when I when I went into the doctor's office, I, I had the I had a very stereotypical like the doctor was very cold. He was asking me, you know, invasive questions, needed medical questions, right. but they were invasive, and I didn't feel like answering them, but I had to. And then I was sent to get therapy in a local hospital, and and I'm really grateful that I that I was there. Um, but I didn't talk about my eating because I didn't think that it was disordered enough. I thought that you had to be underweight to have an eating disorder, so I never brought it up. Yeah, huge I just, misconception. R- hu- oh, now my God. we know. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I'm so glad that it that again that's something that is so powerful about social media is that mm-hmm. the eating disorder community more and more people are talking about the fact that y- you it's not just a thin white woman's disease. Mm-hmm. It is a mental illness that has no bias on anybody every single person man woman non-gender conforming black white it doesn't matter yeah you can be affected by it and that's something that's really important to talk about always because if a person has you know disordered eating patterns when do they really start having an eating disorder and for me it's like shouldn't we just be addressing all of it all the time you know so then that way a person might not even reach the stage of mental illness or reach the stage where they are really struggling with their mental health and really struggling with their day-to-day eating and stuff you know we should just be talking about the disordered eating just in general just what is normal eating patterns and and how do we get past this whole like diet culture and and trying to control our eating and trying to just control wanting to be 
weighing less and yes. and taking up less space, you know. Um, so I wasn't ever diagnosed with the eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with the body body image one um, because I'd never brought up the eating thing. I right. never brought it up. We talked a lot about self harm. We talked a lot about the body image thing because at that point I was covering up. Um, mirrors in my, I didn't have a full length mirror, but I was covering up my bathroom mirror and I was covering up mirrors in the hall because I couldn't see my body. And like, I just, Whoa. yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't okay with anything. And I was wearing like turtlenecks. And this in the is before of, you started posting vulnerably or yeah. during? No, okay. before, before, before. Yeah. Um, I was wearing like turtlenecks in the summertime and like hats to cover my face and I wasn't wearing makeup. Like it was a, it was a very hard, difficult time. And it was very difficult for me to be with my boyfriend because yeah. Oh my God, the idea of him touching me just was like, you know, totally out of the question and painful almost, you know, yeah. like I don't kind of strip yourself from intimacy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So eventually I think about a year and a half or two years after that is when I found the weight loss community online. And mm-hmm. then that led to the body image and, um, and talking about all of my, all of the stuff. Yeah. That's incredible. Like it's, yeah. it's so crazy. And like, okay, so you kind of come across everything instead of being, yeah, like where, why? Oh, I don't even know how to ask this question. Yeah. What made you want to dive so deeply into the education side of it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Because like, <laughs> I, question. I feel like we talk about things on social media and often we talk without really knowing and we're journeying through it, but you kind of like come in with like, just so much groundwork that you've put in, like you've really invested into understanding a lot of this stuff. Is that kind of because you, has it been for your own self healing or has it been more because you are now understanding that you do have this presence in this influence or is it both? Great question. Great question. One, I, I would like to commend you as well, because I think that even though maybe you're not explicit, you, maybe you don't think that, you know, you're explicitly educating people, but you are just by example, you know, you're educating right. people on how to be one of the most incredible humans ever. And, you know, just, it's just, just by scary. being transparent. I think it's like, again, like it's that imposter syndrome. I don't want to talk about right. something that I right. don't fully know. know. Right. And Absolutely. like, especially when it comes to things like, you know, every once in a while I'll talk about like white privilege and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. people are like, thank you for saying that. I'm like, thank you. Like, I'm just kind of learning it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just mm-hmm. kind of in a space of like grasping it. And I right. still want it like, and sometimes you feel guilty about it. You don't really know how to like come into the space in such mm-hmm. a way that's like grace filled as a white woman who still is like, I know both of us are still relatively thin. We're still like within the norms. Totally, yeah. So it's hard to be the people who are somewhat advocating for our own bodies, knowing that there's people who are struggling with much bigger things. Totally. And it makes you, for me, it makes me feel like really small sometimes, but you've kind of taken totally. it and you've taken the information and you've empowered it into other people. Mm-hmm. How have you gotten the confidence? Like, is it through education that's kind of like helped you with that? Right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, great question. So, okay, so after Trump got elected, this is gonna, this, I promise this will link back. After <laughs> Trump got elected, I was engaging in a lot of debates online, mm-hmm. uh, debates about, you know, I mean, just basic human rights with people who are deeply conservative and people who held alternative beliefs to me. And I remember they were talking, they were saying some stuff in the debate and I didn't have an answer for it, but I knew that they were wrong. And I just thought to myself, like, this was right after you got elected. I just thought to myself, I'm like, okay, you need to know all of the facts always about whatever your, whatever subject you're going into. You need to know what you're talking about because it's important. This education is really important. And from then on, I started to just 
make sure that I'm engaging in educational content online and trying to make sure that it's accessible to my community. And I try to be very transparent that knowledge is finite. You know, the amount of knowledge that you have is finite. So you're going to be wrong a lot of the time. And that is just, that is something that we all have to be okay with. Totally. Because the idea that I can talk about a subject and fully know about it, it will never happen. There's always growing information. There's always new things to learn. You know, not knowing is infinite. Knowing is finite. And so I always try to remember that even if I talk about something to do with eating disorders or the brain or something to do that, something to do with social sciences or sometimes you just talk about the moon. Like I've seen you just like geek out on like outer space. Right. Yeah. If I decide to talk about like how awesome Saturn is, if I, (laughs) if I try to talk, I also know that, you know, if I post something and somebody's like, actually, you're kind of wrong about that. I'm like, of course, of course I am. Cause I I am. I don't have all of the information at all ever. And that's part of I think being a good educator is knowing that you're everything's that all of the information's incomplete, you know? That's so that honestly is such a relief because I think that a lot of times I fear talk myself out of talking about certain things because I'm so scared of like coming off wrong. Oh, totally. Especially when it comes to like social issues and stuff because like even I don't know, like I'll say fully, like you are one of those people that approaches it with so much grace. Cause like I even have a faith base and you talk about being an atheist and every single time you bring up like belief systems, I'm always like, huh, like I, you're doing it right because I never feel anything less. I feel like it's actually a respectful conversation. That is such a new thing on social media. I think so many people Mm -hmm. are struggling in the space of social media and getting into this like right and left and all these different debates and Mm -hmm. you kind of lose the sense of you know being respectful on a platform in which you can't see somebody's face and you can't see their eyes and it's so easy do you deal with um trolling a, yeah, a little bit. I just feel not, like that would be so hard to troll you. It, like, you're so nice. Thanks, girl. I appreciate it. Thank but you. Not Likewise, everybody is. Um, I, I haven't dealt with trolling in a while, to be completely honest. I used to get it a lot more, and it was really hard for me when that was happening, um, having, like, a lot of men come onto your page and be friends with each other and try to, like, just say really crude and cross things. But it hasn't happened anymore, and I try to remember myself that you, that uh, there are fat women that are posting their bodies online mm-hmm. who are talking about their lives in whatever way. Maybe it's their mental health, maybe it's their body, maybe it's their sex. Like, but who? It's whatever. They're just talking about themselves, or they're talking about anything that they desire, and people will make Reddit forums about them and try to find out their addresses and try to dox them. And I try to, I think of that in comparison to the trolling that I've had and I haven't had anything remotely close to that, you know? And that is just, that is harassment and violence on another level. And so if I have to go through a couple of trolls to, you know, deter them away from anybody else, I'll absolutely take it because that is just horrific that's terrifying it is it's also like it's so funny because um I've been hearing a lot more people talking about you know porn culture in the sense of like how Mm. it's influenced men in the sense of I don't like obviously there's a lot like most of my troll comments come in from men as well right and I'm starting to recognize that a lot of it comes from the fact that they've created this society and they're growing up in this culture where they have this idealized Mm. type of woman so that they start reflecting those opinions onto the women of their lives. The women Mm. of their lives start covering up. People like us start becoming more and more isolated. And then 
all you see out on the beaches or out on social media are this one form that men felt accepting of and then we started to push back because you started there was somebody I think it was Naomi Wolf or something said something about how um oftentimes like a lot of this and what we're doing is actually just like what I think men are kind of reacting to is a form of oppression Mm -hmm. and just like not seeing that there is another form of beauty and taking like sometimes when I remind myself about that because there's part of us I think that at the end of the day will always want to be attractive Mm -hmm. and it's an intimate and it can kind of rip that away from us when we feel like we're not accepted in our own bedrooms oh my god that we can't have like that intimacy and it's a question that I'm asked a lot like how do you how do you be intimate when you're struggling with like how you see your body and stuff like that and sometimes it's like reminding them that you know what like in the most cases even though I know there's a lot of men who are still creating like these judgments out there they're also coming from a place of like unawareness they Mm -hmm. have no idea Mm -hmm. the culture that has like been set for women and how much that's put a pressure on us and then it's caused us to like wear our t-shirts in the bedroom Mm -hmm. and it stripped both men and women from intimacy it's created an entirely different world and I feel like now we're swinging back a little bit and Mm -hmm. I think that even though it's hard one of the things I keep thinking about is if we keep being vulnerable and keep Mm -hmm. stepping out boldly with our bodies as we are, even if we're changing, even if we're like going through stuff, that it's not only teaching us that we're worthy, but it's showing men a different side of beauty. And we're like, have to almost like reteach the society Mm -hmm. of what is, you know, okay. That's so true. But it's so so weird. It's so weird to even like go there and Mm -hmm. like think about that. And I'm, you know, I'm watching so many so many changes and a lot of women kind of like identifying like with their hair, like Mm -hmm. cutting their hair off and knowing that like, you know, that's not their sexuality having, Mm -hmm. if they suffer from breast implant illness and removing them, that it's not their sexuality. And you start to like free yourself from all of these ties that we felt connected to for so long. Absolutely. Absolutely. The amount of social conditioning that goes into what we find beautiful because beauty is both, you know, to say that it's completely, to say that beauty is, is, a social construct isn't true because we find things like we're biological animals. So of course we're going to have certain desires or just certain attractions to things that might not even be necessarily conscious. You know, we might just think something is, is attractive or good looking or appealing to us, but really if we get closer to it, if we start, you know, interacting with it, uh, not so much, you know? Right. And so half, some of that is biological. Some of it is cultural and, Mm -hmm. and we don't talk enough about that. What we find culturally beautiful here totally different than what they find totally. in, in different parts of the world and I, oh. that's that's a very big 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 distinction to make context is very important of that's so what is true contextually beautiful here versus in other parts of the world being intimate and having poor body image is so difficult to manage it is something that is very painful and I've been there and Mm -hmm. it is something when you want to be sexually active with somebody and you're like I'm gonna I just have to I just have to pretend like I don't have a body I just have to be into it I just have to be into it so much it is so hard and I think that the only way to really get over that is to go through it. You yes. just have to immersion therapy. Yeah. My mom always tells me that she's when I was scared to drive on highways, like the best thing to do is just, just go and it. drive on the yeah. highway. I was like, dang it. Yeah. And you want there to be an easier way where, where you, where you want to tell someone you're like, here's a quote that helped me. It'll just take away all of your fears. And it's like, that is a part of it, but you really just have to go through it and communicate and you have to have, to have a lot of grit through it. And you just mm-hmm. have to know that, 
through the communicating and, and as unsexy as that sounds, you'll get to the sexy part. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Keeps going no matter what. And, and it's very, it's difficult to trust that because we've been taught that, you know, you're just supposed to show up and you're just supposed to be this like vixen that, that just all of a sudden mm-hmm. in the bedroom, super confident. I can do whatever I, I and I'm basically a porn star, you know, yeah. like all of the, yeah. the, the, the thoughts that, that run through your head, but then you show up and, and the, the most of the time your partner is also deeply uncomfortable. I mean, the amount of sexual dysfunction in, in cisgender men are, is is climbing. It's only gotten higher and higher and higher. And that's interesting. And you wonder why. And it could be stress from the the roles that they're placed in, the yes. gender roles that they're placed in. It could be the porn that they're watching. And then being nervous to be with a, a yep. real a real woman or man is, is, is all of a sudden terrifying. Their body image is so low too. The amount of guys that I'm friends with that I have a lot. I have a lot of guy friends, but um, the amount of the amount of them that have body image issues and yes. have even fucked up eating patterns. Yeah, I'm like, where, what, how did we think that this was just a women's issue? And I yeah. mean, it, I mean, it, it 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 largely is. And I don't. I wanna... think it's like one of those things where it comes like in the tier of like even you and I. We know yeah. we're like on the lower end of like need and stuff, but we're still people totally. and we still have like it's not the. Somebody said to me the other day, it's not the pain Olympics. We're not in it. Like yeah, they still yeah. are suffering. They're yes. still having yeah, things going yeah. on. And they're just doing it in their own way. And they maybe don't have as many steps to go through right, as right. us or the people above us and mm-hmm. like all of these different, you know, cultures and stuff mm-hmm, like that and all mm-hmm. the things that they go through, but they're still going through it. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. But they're I also find like it. when I met my husband, it's so funny because like he is like the epitome of what I'm attracted to. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of my own confidence within my own body, like as it slowly went, because like to be fair, in the beginning, I literally wore a t-shirt like through everything. Right, of I, course, c- yeah. I couldn't. Like yeah, it was just yeah. so weird for me. I felt so, yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of it came from like having a postpartum body and of course, yeah. N- like he, they weren't his children. I felt very mm-hmm. apologetic for that. Even mm-hmm. though he'd never placed that on me, I kind of placed mm-hmm. it on myself. It was really weird, like dating and going through all of that. And anyways, Absolutely. but I remember one time I was at a bar and a guy grabbed my hand and he ran it down his stomach of abs and he's like, do you like that? And I was like, no, I don't. Right. <laughs> but that's all. And it kind of woke me up because I was like, that's all we see. That's mm-hmm. all we see in the magazines and the movies and the TV mm-hmm. shows mm-hmm. is this like very stereotypical type of guy. And of course, like they're not, they're not held to the same norms, but at the same time, they're not presented very well. They're not represented very well. Yeah. I've actually just started following some like, body image men who are really talking out about it too because you know coming through that and seeing my husband who has like a quote-unquote dad bod right that's 100% what I'm attracted to so I had to kind of own that and be like why am I placing on him what I'm assuming he's attracted to yeah based on what I'm seeing in society yeah when he's actually telling me every single day that he like it's so funny because when we first met uh we were co-workers when we first Mm -hmm. met it was at my lowest weight Mm -hmm. so then we're dating and I'm in this like getting healthier mentally Mm. physically I'm gaining weight and it was a weird curve yeah I didn't and he never commented never to this day he doesn't comment on my body he just tells me I'm beautiful doesn't make those comments but I realize now that's not the story for everybody so do you have like I don't even know if you have any advice but having so many guy friends and stuff have you had those discussions on you know what happens when a woman is commented on her body by somebody that she's intimate with is Mm -hmm. there like tools to kind of work through that because a lot of them just like shell up and a lot of them are in these longer term relationships yeah. or they've just had a baby. Right. Now they're postpartum and their yeah. husbands are putting on this pressure for them to bounce back to something oh when 
that's like literally that's the last thing, thing that they should yeah. be worrying about. Yeah. Specifically for moms, it's like, you know, your, your body just created consciousness. I mean, yeah. that is literally something that you'll, you don't, you don't even see anywhere else in our solar system, let alone, we don't even wow, know if that's that really exists. Powerful. We don't even know if it exists anywhere else in the universe. Right. I mean, like probably, but wow, you created, there was at one point nothing. And then you created something that is a really incredible thing for a body to do. And, yeah. and I think that taking away that process and stripping it back to just how does your body look, I think is radically oversimplifying the, the beautiful thing that you just did. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is taking away the magic of your connection to your child and the connection to the process of what just happened. And for the women who might be listening to this that, you know, um, are trying to conceive and that potentially can, and that are going yes. through other methods of just having children, just, it's the exact same thing. Yes. It's the exact same thing. And the, the, even the mind process that it takes to just have a child, to bear a child, oh, to, yeah. just, just, to step to outside just, of oh yourself, God, to become a parent, Jesus, to care for things. I literally totally. cried for three hours yesterday because my son had like, he got diagnosed with a learning disability and it freaking mm. tanked me. And I was like, sometimes you forget because it's so fun. Mm. Sometimes you forget right. like how much comes with it and how emotionally tied we are to them. But like to your point about like whether they're in a stage of trying to conceive or adopt or anything like that, you know, I watched Shane struggle just as much as being a parent and they are not blood tied to him at all. Right. Yeah. The, and I even look at like my best friend who mm-hmm. is like, just to support to us in yeah. like raising those kids. Like, I mean, it's such an amazing thing that we are in a society Absolutely. where we are actually the educators and the leaders and the guides to like yeah. these little humans. Yeah. And we're going to yeah. ch- like potentially change the fabric of society and what they experience. You know, right. social media for us, I think we kind of got thrown into mm-hmm. the gauntlet of like mm-hmm. everything going on and, and it was all very new. You know, we started with ICQ and then we went to like right. Facebook ICQ. and now we have oh, ICQ. Gosh. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And then MySpace. My, my space, <laughs> all those like really <laughs> emotional photos that we yeah. put in like yeah. our selfies in a mirror that were mm-hmm. all of our images on MySpace. Um, but yeah, I, the I, kids are coming through like a di- We're like, I think a lot of us now we kind of grew up through it. Yeah. Now we're like, holy crap, we need to change this before the kids right, come right, back into yeah. this. We need to be very mindful of our digital infrastructure because I like to think that we have our physical environmental world that we're living in, right? Where, where, you know, we toss a ball and it'll always come down where we, we always know that we're living in a 3d dimension. Like it's just this physical world operates on certain rules. The digital world, however, operates on totally different rules. And we're affected by that environment the same way that we're infected by our physical environment. And I think that we need to be very mindful of, Hey, what does the digital environment look like? Is it actually making me feel good? Is it making me feel safe? Is it making me feel productive? Is it making me feel all of these things? But we are so easily, able to become, you know, addicted to our screens and addicted to being online. And and that's part of our biology. You know, we mm-hmm. like, we like fast moving pictures. We like screens. We like things that pop out at us. We like seeing cat videos and food videos. We like all of those things. And when the internet is literate, littered with those, we can oftentimes become distracted. And instead of using social media or instead of using our phones or, or our computers as a tool of construction, it becomes a tool of de- destruction, you know, where, where all of a sudden it is producing bad effects on us. And so I always try to think of how am I helping change the landscape of the digital environment? How are we creating a good infrastructure for our children? So talking about things like media literacy, talking about things like 
is this body is is this body real or is it not real you know because they're going to be involved in media and soon you know they're going to be looking at images and wondering well my body doesn't look like that how Mm -hmm. come how is that okay is it okay that my body doesn't look like that or wow all of these people are posting pictures of them you know being happy on their travels and I'm not happy where I am does that mean that I'm not good enough or should I be doing something different or how come they can do that and I can't and so I think that the more I'm, t- I'm I, I always come back to this even the question about how to be intimate with a partner yeah. always coming back to just valuing honesty and yes. transparency those types of things I think are going to be radical radical value makers in the in the next world that we're living in you know I so agree and I think that being genuine and honest in a space that is like almost been built on a facade yeah is so powerful yes. and I think that we kind of got to this time now where we crave it we crave it we want reality mm-hmm. and not like reality like reality TV we want reality we want real right. grit we want those vulnerable moments from people because we're feeling we have all this community and all this accessibility available to us and we're feeling totally. so alone in it totally exactly and I and I I'm always saying that we were in the culture of you know if we were in the culture of the Kardashians where like okay they had a reality TV show but how real were they really being and yeah. and you know they have changed the face of the way that we look at our bodies and the way that we look at our faces with makeup and mm-hmm. and the way that we look at ourselves with our partners and our lifestyles and stuff and there's going to be a counterculture to that and mm. I'm and I'm definitely you know part of the idea that okay we were in this one phase for a while but now we're going into the phase of transparency where it's not just enough to just put like a sweet smile up and to say like uh, I'm doing this today and I'm doing that today like people want to know like what are the deep dark moments of your life and what and how yeah. do, how can I relate to you because we're floating around in a world that might be aesthetically pleasing but am I relating to this thing that I think is is cool looking am I relating to this person that I'm following you know their travel journey on am I actually relating to them are they affecting my life am I thinking about them when I'm off the phone you know right. how, how how inspired am I by the people that I'm surrounding myself with in this digital environment I always think about those things and I think about you in times that I'm having a hard moment with my body mm-hmm. or a hard moment in my life I'm like totally what would Sarah do in this situation like, I do the same thing because like sometimes it's like whenever I feel very small about something I'll often be like okay, Kenzie's usually somebody who has like something really good about this and I'll like scroll your feed and usually you have something educational. I'm like, okay, that's like, it's like a black hole for me (laughs) when it comes to you because you're so good at it. Thanks, girl. It's so crazy, but like you're so well-spoken and I think that does come back into like, you're genuinely, you care about putting out things. Like I think a lot of us, they, you step onto social media and even into like the influencer space and it became all about like, what can I get out of this? Mm-hmm. Like I can do this and it's mm-hmm. going to give me this advancement and we're going to be able to do that. And at some point it switches for a lot of us mm-hmm. where we start to go, wait, what can I offer this? Right. What can I yeah. bring to the table? Oh, so and yes, yeah. we do need to have that support. And honestly, it's quite lovely when brands come alongside and they're like, we really love your messaging. How can we support you in this space? Yeah. Let's work together and have those conversations. So, I, so I'm, I'm done being guilty about that exchange but I mm-hmm. I'm honestly very rigid about it too like I won't take on things that I'm that doesn't feel good to me yes absolutely. um 
I will say like the same for you. I've seen like you've done some ads and stuff before mm-hmm. and they're so seamless. Like you mm-hmm. don't, it's you, it's mm-hmm. still you. You're just talking about something. Yeah. I've seen you talk about a number of different things and it's, it's actually such a lovely experience. Yeah. Um, what would you say to people who are still suffering from like the social media fog and like kind mm-hmm. of struggling yeah. through these changes? What yeah. would their, your recommendation to them be in order to honor like their mental health? Yeah, totally. Um, I definitely think that, going on what I call like a social media diet is really important. So stripping, so the same way that you kind of would cut bad foods out of your life, I think that you would cut people out that aren't serving a purpose to you. So going through who you're following and making sure that you're following people that one that you can relate to, but two that inspire you and three that challenge you, you know, the challenge one is huge. Totally. And I'm not talking about challenge you in the sense that like, they're living a different lifestyle. And so every time you see their photo, you're feeling like challenged to, uh, you know, get over this whole, I'm feeling worthless. I'm not talking about that type of challenge. I'm talking about the challenge of, are they putting up educational content that's making you think twice about the world around you? Like think of Rachel Cargill. You yeah. and I both love her. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So powerful. Absolutely. Oh my God. She makes incredible. me so uncomfortable and I love right. it. Yeah. She makes me so, and she, yeah. uh, I always thought that I was like, man, she makes me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, just for those who are listening, she, she has this incredible feed that's very educational about people of color and mm-hmm. kind of like what their rights are. And at one point she kind of like, she says things so boldly and I'm so envious because I'm like such an apologetic human. Mm-hmm. But at one point she was just like, if you are a white woman, this is not your space to comment. Like this is a Mm -hmm. space that I've created for people of color, but please sit and listen. And Mm -hmm. then she said another time, if this makes you uncomfortable, good. Mm -hmm. And I've really started to own that feeling because I, I know that it's challenging me into being better in this space and being somebody that instead of just being scared, like, I don't know what this is. And I'm so scared of offending anybody that I'm just going to back away to my little corner and only follow people that, you know, work in that world that that make me feel safe and make me feel understood. I want want to understand the other side of it. And it's been so so important to me um, lately, just even following accounts that are dealing with stuff that I would never deal with. A lot of like the LGBTQ families, a lot of um, infertility accounts like I'm following because I'm like, you know, we forget sometimes we we often go into social media as a space where like, what can we pull away from it? What Mm -hmm. can we take and go home? And it should be that it should be a good experience. Like you're Mm -hmm. right. Like when we're following the right people, Mm -hmm. it becomes a better experience for us. But when we're following the right people too, it should make us better support systems oh, for others. Absolutely. And that is a, a bigger deal than I really ever understood. I think yeah. a, like I was somebody who grew up, um, I had, my mom had a history of an eating disorder. My sister had a history with an mm-hmm. eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And here I was going through a weight loss thing. Yeah. And I was talking about calories like they were nothing. Like right. I was so desensitized to it because it was what was going on with me. And I was like, but I'm empowering myself and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Totally forgetting what somebody else is potentially going through. So mm-hmm. it is, and even the same way about like talking about fertility and stuff like that, when you start to understand how devastating it can be to just like flippantly talk about certain things it kind of brings you into an awareness or when you realize that there's stuff going on in the world that has nothing to do with you it is so outside of your bubble yes but you're maybe one of the only people that can really talk about it like even when you think about feminism as a whole Mm -hmm. um and like that swing that women have gone through to kind of push it's been also because the men who are standing in front with the women right. holding open it's the door. Everyone. So it's sometimes everyone. it's taking yeah. the people of privilege yeah. to kind of step back and make those right. changes for us and Absolutely. with us. So on social media, it's mm-hmm. so important to me to like 
to just make sure I'm following people that are creating that awareness change. Totally. Oh, yes. It's so oh, important. It's Diversi- so weird. Yes, absolutely. Diversity in your perspective is so important. So following those different accounts, like accounts that you, that, you know, are making you look at the, at the world in a different way. So following a, a disability activists, say for example, yes. you know, people who are talking about accessibility in ways that we would never, we, we as able-bodied people might never be thinking of, you know, the same way that, you know, a person who has been on a weight loss journey might come to our page and feel so, so educated and feel, wow, I never even thought of the fact that this was socially conditioned into me that I would need to take up less space in the world. That same realization, that same feeling is what we're going to get from other accounts too, that are talking about different avenues of life, different intersections and it's, Oh, totally. And, and the more diversity that you have in your perspective, the more holistic a picture gets for you, the more that you're understanding the system that we live in, the more that you're understanding the world, that understanding again is invaluable. You know, that being able to understand, wow, the building that I was in today didn't have an accessibility ramp. How would I be able to host an event here and make sure that I could say, everybody could come or the event that we had today didn't do a land acknowledgement how would indigenous people feel like being Mm. seen and heard little stuff like that when you start having more and more people talk to you about their experiences or more and more people talk to you about these intersections they just create they're just adding to the whole picture and the whole picture is really important for us to step back and look at and so I always think that it's just powerful to listen to learn to observe to try to do something with that as privileged people I always I always think okay now now that I have this information what can I do with it what can yeah. I, how do I help facilitate change how do I either get out of the way or get in the way of somebody else yeah to help facilitate change that's so cool because like I it's honestly something that's kind of just popped into my consciousness in the last like six months even mm-hmm. because I had I did this challenge where I was just asking people were coming up with the exact same things all the time talking about their bodies talking about like what they struggled with and they kept saying the same thing over and over it was always their stomachs and I was like yeah. it's so weird that we're so yeah. I don't know. That's like our, like for women, it's where yes. we naturally carry weight. It's where it changes the most over time, especially with your, if you're carrying children, whatever age, like hormones, everything, your yeah. stomach is like usually the one that takes the biggest amount of like ebbs and flows. Yeah. So I decided to do something about that. And I want to show these women because they'd often been sending me pictures just to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, I would love for you guys just send me pictures of your stomachs. And I'm going to create a collage to show yeah. you oh, each other. So beautiful. It was amazing. It was so I had hundreds of people who sent their photos in. Yeah. I did like the first 90, or however many I was allowed in like the slideshow. Mm. And it was such a gripping thing. Like there was women with colostomy bags and like huge scars oh, and yeah. like endometriosis, like yeah. surgeries and just major like cancer and yeah. just stretch marks and people who had gone through like weight loss journeys and just so many different diverse bodies. And people were like, holy crap, this was crazy. Yeah, I have never seen my stomach on anybody else before yeah. this is amazing yeah. and then there came a couple comments that mm-hmm. were like where are all the women of color mm-hmm. and I was like what are you talking about like there are some like there's like three or four but right. like it's not my fault right. that they didn't submit the photos like right. I asked everybody mm-hmm. and they didn't send them in it's not my fault that mm-hmm. was my initial reaction mm-hmm. and then I was continuing the conversation on with a couple of these women that had mm-hmm. brought it up and I was noticing they're not like activist type people they weren't attacking me they were just challenging that question and I was like huh interesting Mm -hmm. okay so you tell me what it is that you think like I should have done differently right and the one girl said to me and I'll never forget it she was like ask yourself why they didn't submit their photos right and I was like okay why didn't they submit their photos she's like 
are you in their community? Mm-hmm. Are you there? Are you mm-hmm. present? Are you active? Are you even following them? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I probably only follow like three. Right. And it just woke me up that I was literally following people that look like me because mm-hmm. I was becoming so selfish about my experience because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm in such a needy space. I just want to follow people that I relate to yeah. instead of recognizing that I was not tapped into that community whatsoever. Right. And I literally followed up with like, holy crap, like, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Like, thank you for saying those things. Everyone recommended a lot of different accounts and now following them, it's changed my awareness like crazy. And it's changed like the thing I've said to other brands, like, is there representation there? I think brands are a lot Mm -hmm. of times scared of like making the wrong move too. But like, sometimes it's like, Hey, we just want to make sure that whoever's taking in this content feels like they could be represented in that as well. And there are culturally diverse, very different things. And a lot of women of color have said to me that in their cultures, it's just not a thing to deal with cellulite and stretch marks. It's so accepted in their culture. And for us, it's not. And like you were saying that different parts of the Mm -hmm. world, so eye-opening to me that we've had such a different experience focusing on these like little tiny things where they've got like way bigger fish to fry. They don't really care about their stretch marks. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. Absolutely. We definitely struggle in different ways, right? For sure. That we cause here, what we, the beauty standards that we're trying to achieve that we're like jumping over like loops and fires and trying to, you know, do whatever in order to get to totally different in another part of the world. You airdrop myself, like, you know, into a country where it's predominantly, you know, women of color and they're mostly bigger women or they, and they don't have media. I had a friend that lived in Tanzania and she's a white woman. She lived in Tanzania for four or five years and her body image, she's had some disordered eating and Mm -hmm. she's had poor body image. Um, and she lived there and when she was there with her partner, she realized eventually that, wow, there's no advertisement here. Like I don't have poor body image anymore. Wow. And they're always telling me that, that they're always commenting on the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm skinny. I'm like, I'm thin, I'm thin, but I never felt that even though technically she was in, in our, in our culture, in our society, she never felt that way. But over there, it was very apparent that she was, she was thinner and thinner in, in the community meant almost that you could potentially be sick. So we, they oh, wanted, you know, if you were thing. bigger, it represented wealth and it represented health. And okay. it was just the representations of being bigger here means that you probably are mostly low income, mostly don't know how to eat, are out of control, eating bad foods. Like those are the ideas, those are the stigmas that we have yep. on fat people. And yep. when I say just for your listeners, just in case if maybe they haven't engaged with any of my stuff or anything mm-hmm. in my space, when we say the word fat, we're not it's not a slur, it's not a pejorative. It's it's used as a social term to describe people mm-hmm. um, who are objectively fat, who are taking back the word, who are embracing the word. So I just want to let your listeners know. That's really know cool, that, actually. I didn't really yeah, know that. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not saying that um, in a way that that is It's insulting. not a derogatory. No. It's actually an empowering Yeah, word. yeah, yeah. That's and really I, cool. And I respect women that also don't want to use that word because it's been a way to disempower them. You know, it still mm-hmm. makes, so I float between, you know, bigger women and fat women and uh, interchangeably, but I just wanted to give oh, your listeners Oh, no, I think that's really cool. Um, speaking of word and language though, mm-hmm. when you and I first met, we were having dinner together and I said something about like the body positive movement and you were like, oh, I actually don't prefer that term. Yeah. Tell me about that because that's yeah. the first time I like talking about awareness and challenging thoughts. Yeah. It has been very standard to say that as like a blanket statement for things, right. but you kind of come with a different awareness about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that term has 
been around for tens of years, like I, 30 years, going on 40 years, I think. Um, and it has a couple of places where it originated. It originated in the queer community. It originated in the fat community. It originated in the eating disorder community. So it's kind of had this growth over the last 30 years. And it is a political statement. It isn't a literal term for body positivity, which is, again, awesome. Be positive about your body. Yep. Love it. However, in in a social political space, body positivity is used to help represent marginalized bodies and to uplift oppression. It's very similar to the phrase like body liberation. And so body positivity comes from those types of spaces. That's its roots, basically. Yes, that's its roots. And so as somebody that is privileged and, you know, and I'm privileged and I definitely still struggle, but I do have an enormous amount of privilege. I took myself out of using that phrase because I want to use that phrase only when, when it's appropriate for those communities, you know? So when I'm talking about marginalized fat bodies, when I'm talking about marginalized disabled bodies or marginalized queer bodies, I want to be able to use that, that slogan, that phrase for them because the body positive movement is for them. And it really did get co-opted by, and I, and, and, you know, I love brands that are trying to be Mm -hmm. diverse. I think it's incredible, but it really did get co-opted by thinner white women. Yeah. And if you and I were in a space where we were talking about body love and we started seeing girls who haven't, and, and I love all body. I just want to, I just yeah. want to caveat. I just want to give a warning to this. Yeah. That I love all bodies, but there is a big distinction to make here. If we started seeing girls who don't have a shred of cellulite, who don't have any stretch marks or loose skin, start talking about their roles and start talking about their bodies, you want them to be empowered to do that. And you also want them to be able to say, but I live in a widely accepted body, whereas there are other women who look like me, but mm-hmm. they live in a slightly different body like Sarah and Kenzie and their struggles are different than mine just making that that comparison being able to say there's a difference here and I'm acknowledging it is more empowering than just empowering yourself yes when you empower yourself and empower other people that's the type of community that I want to live in so I want to be able to empower myself while also not taking up space in other communities while also not saying not taking away from shining the spotlight on queer fat black women for the amazing humans that they are and for all of the representation that they deserve so I want to be able to talk about what I'm talking about online but without co-opting that space and be able to be an example for that too because too too often times I think that brands are taking stuff that are that you know maybe a disabled community created and then they're thinking like oh okay cool we'll just have somebody in a wheelchair but then we won't follow up with the fact that all of the events that we host are have no accessibility ramps yeah that they don't have any people who are signing they have nobody there to actually help accessibility it becomes a marketing tool instead of an actual social change yeah and it's like guys come on for our yep. future, for our kids, for the people that currently are struggling right now, let's do this. Let's not be afraid. Let's dive in. Let's really be change makers. Yeah. And even if it's like little baby steps and little tiny conversations and asking questions, but totally. I think that's really cool. And I actually didn't know your whole reasoning. So what yeah. wording do you use yeah. when you talk about it? I talk about body love and body confidence okay. and I, and I love try that. to, and, me- and mental health. I try to just say that those are the three things that I, that I focus on. And then if body positivity comes up, I try to talk about more intersectionality that comes yes. with it. That's yeah. really cool. Okay. So we're like about to be kicked out of this space. Okay. Um, <laughs> 
I could talk with you for hours. I you're know. So, I'm so such realizing a good that. I, I know. feel like that. Is, <laughs> I knew that was going to be the problem, but like it still happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Like finally, you've been really exploring solitude lately. You said that recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you kind of like, touch on that and then we'll yeah. do a little sign off, but I really want to, yeah. really want to touch on that because I think a lot of people are struggling in that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I have been, yeah, oh my gosh, absolutely. It's my favorite thing right yeah. now. Um, so I have been single for the last year and like I've dated and like, you know, I'm I'm fine. Like I have men, but like I'm, I'm mostly alone in my thoughts and with myself. And I've been really struggling with the idea of that. Like, why can't I just like be in a fulfilling relationship right now? And both of us are just like going in and conquering the world. Like this is the idea that I want. And the more people that I listen to that I look up to and more poets that I read about their lives, about their philosophies, about their values. And the more that I dive into what puts a person into a creative state, the more that I realize this word kept popping up is solitude, being by yourself, cultivating your loneliness, not being afraid, really honoring that, not shying away when that feeling comes up, you know, not going on your phone and not going out and not, yes. not seeking attention. And that's really, really, really difficult because we're, mm -hmm. you know, we're social animals. We're social people. We really thrive on our social interactions, good social interactions. Oh my God. The type of social interactions that make you forget about your phone. We yes. live for those. I know. So when I am in those moments where I'm like, well, I'm feeling really alone tonight and I'm feeling really disconnected. I try to just, I acknowledge it and I'm trying to honor it and I'm trying to be okay and be better at that it's okay to reach out, but it's also okay for me to sit and to just know that I'm going to survive yeah. this. I'm yeah. going to get through this loneliness. I don't know what it is. I don't know why this seems to be a, a part of the human condition, but it does. And I want to make sure that I get good at it. And so I've been doing more trips by myself. I've just been trying to just dive into more activities, more solo activities, being, being hyper independent and also being able to reach out and be part of my community yes. and everything, but trying to ask myself, why does this keep popping up what about it what about my life am I unfulfilled about what is it that continues to put me in this state and then trying to write from that you know trying to create art from that that's freaking awesome been, has been let really this like good. be yeah. a teaser to all that is Kenzie Brenna because like this is <laughs> you're you. the best it's ridiculous <laughs> like best. it's actually and I have to say this because I'm sitting right in front of you it's funny when you see you online they're like so stunning and then you see you in real life and like Stop. I don't care if you're uncomfortable hearing this like you're like one of the most stunning humans in real life you've got like your hair Stop. up in a scrunchie and like no makeup and I'm obsessed with you. You're so, you're <laughs> I so am. Amazing. I'm you're so, so happy to be hey. here. Oh, I love okay. you so much. Where can everyone you. find you? Oh. What's the best place to kind of like tap into like your consciousness? Yeah. Because you have so much to offer this world. <laughs> Thank you. Girl. Oh, you're Sorry, my favorite. Sorry, take you're it. You got to own it right now. <laughs> you're my favorite. You. Thank you so much. Um, like everything likewise to you on Instagram would be awesome. Come, awesome. Come hang out. Come message me. Be part of the community. Reach out to other people that are commenting. That's another thing too is that I know that you and I have really, really have our foot in a community yes and I think community building is so important and so people who are from Sarah's community come over like come chat with people yeah. in the comments you know just chat with me too but chat with other people you know like make friends make pen pals like do that type of thing oh and it's so valuable exchange. yeah it really 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 is and always reach out you know to me to you like you know I know you and where I would we so be without many. Instagram that's yeah. literally how we connected we became yeah. community members together kind of yeah. like coinciding with different messaging that kind of linked at the same times and yeah 
so cool. Yeah. Honestly, totally. such yeah. an honor to sit here with you. Um, I feel like we have a part two coming like in the future because there's no way this is like the tomorrow. End. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is ridiculous. Well, like, let's just go sit in my car. <laughs> um, everyone go it. and check out Kenzie Brenna. It is K-E-N-Z-I-E-B-R-E-N-N-A. Um, I'll make sure that she's linked below as well in the comments. I'm not sure how to do that. I don't even know how to upload a podcast, we'll but I mean, out. it's figuring we'll figure out. out. <laughs> it's happening. Okay. Thank we'll you finesse. so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you liked it, please make sure that you subscribe if that's a thing and comment if it's a thing and review it. I still don't even know. So just do all of those things for me. Awesome. Thanks. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.